At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Welcome, everyone, to the Sports Illustrated Media Podcast. I am your host, Jimmy Traina. Thank you for listening. Coming out early this week, usually pod posts on Thursday, once in a while on a Wednesday. We're doing it on a Monday because I spoke to Troy Aikman on Monday afternoon about his big move from... Fox ESPN, and he gives us the behind-the-scenes details on this. And then we have a train of thought segment with Sal Licata following the interview with Troy. So we're going to get right into it. One note, if you're not a subscriber to this podcast, please subscribe. You can leave a review, rate and review on Apple helps tremendously. So subscribe, rate and review, please, at some point, if you can, for the SI Media Podcast. All right, let's get right into it. Troy Aikman on his big move from Fox to ESPN, followed by train of thoughts right here on the SI Media Podcast. All right, joining me now, SI, I'm going to call him an SI Media Podcast regular. I think this is like his fourth appearance, NFL Uh, broadcaster, Troy Aikman. Troy, Troy's here to talk about eight beer and nothing else. There there you go. Yes. Eight eight beer and nothing else. Yeah. Is it still only in in Texas, eight beer? Well, yeah. We haven't even launched in grocery stores yet, Jimmy. So, you know, we... uh, I've been asked a lot if we're going to move outside of Texas. Uh, maybe we will. Maybe we won't. We'll we'll see. But uh, so far, so good. And we we'll launch April first in the stores. Well, whoever's in charge of the marketing and the branding, I mean, you're getting a lot of publicity these days, so that's good. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we've uh, we've rallied the troops, and I think people who have tried it have 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 genuinely liked it. There's not there's really not much not to like. I mean, it's. Uh, it's a it's a really good beer. It tastes great, and it's a better for you beer. So, all, all right. you uh, health nuts out there that like beer, ate your brand. No, right, well, we got nothing else to talk about. So, thanks for coming on. Yeah. And, uh, so, let's start with this. Why? Why do you, the question I keep asking? Why did Fox let you go? Do you know the answer to that question? I don't know the answer to that. Um, yeah, I don't know that I ever will get the answer to that one, Jimmy. You know what's interesting? I. I think through it all, uh, you know, look, it's a business. Fox is welcome to do whatever it is that they feel is in their best best interest, as I am and as everybody is. So there's, there's no, uh, no hard feelings about anything. You know, I mean, I had a great 21 years at Fox. I, I guess what's perplexing to me is that I had no conversation with my boss until he called me to congratulate me on my contract with ESPN. So, uh I don't know. I, I guess it's disappointing. I, I would have thought that there, <laughs> I would have thought there would have been a conversation at least. Um, and then when I did talk with him, I, uh, when he called to congratulate me, I just asked for an explanation on some things that I didn't quite understand. And, and, and he opted not to do that as well. So um, I guess that's where it's left. That's how I'll leave Fox. And and that's fine. Um, I'm excited about ESPN and thrilled to be continuing to work with Joe. That, that's pretty amazing. I mean, you weren't there for two or three years. You were there for 20 plus years. You'd think an explanation. Yeah, I, I spoke to Joe last week and his situation was different than yours. Right. And that he had a year left in his contract. Your contract was up. 
everyone thought you were going to Amazon, so we can get into that. And I asked Joe this question. I'll ask it to you. Were you hurt by the fact that Fox didn't make an effort to keep you? No, um, no, not at all. Not at all. I mean, um, like I said, I, I understand the business. Um, and I think that maybe, you know, I gave 12 years to the Dallas Cowboys and, and, and won three Super Bowls and felt like uh, the teams that I was a part of accomplished a lot. And I got released uh, at the end of my time with the Cowboys and, and my parting call with Jerry Jones lasted all of about 30 seconds. So, right. Right. <laughs> um, I, you know, so I think that maybe that hardens you a little bit, you understand it. And, and I didn't leave the Cowboys uh, with, with bad feelings either. I, you right. know, you just understand that things change. Uh, heck, I wrote a children's book titled <laughs> things change. I understand it as well as anybody. And, and right. with that, uh, you know, some of my most exciting moments in life have come following change. So I, I, I think it sets up well uh, for the next however many years with ESPN. I'm really excited about it. Do you think, listen, the money that broadcasters have, are getting is out there, thanks to Tony Romo, basically. I, the vibe I get, and I could be wrong, you don't strike me as the type of guy that needs every last penny or needs to be the highest paid or needs to get a dollar more than Tony. Is this, do you think this was all about money? Yeah, I, I think it was. I, I sense that it was. Uh, there was no reason for me to believe that, that Fox was unhappy with any of anything that I had done, my work. Um, right. You know, I think that they were happy with Joe and I. I, I really think, and again, I, I'm, 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 I'm merely speculating because I was never told, but uh, I'm, I'm guessing that it was an opportunity for Fox to kind of hit the reset button on the economics of the number one booth. That, that's what I sense. Gotcha. Um, and I think that uh, they probably would have liked to have kept Joe. He's a real asset to the company, of course, with all that he does. And when I say all that he does, it goes beyond what the public sees uh, with baseball and football and then you know, what he did when the, when the network had golf, he also does a lot behind the scenes uh, for the company. Um, so he's a, he, he was a valued asset, but I think they realized that, you know, that probably he's probably as confused as I am in the sense that, you know, the talks that I was having with Amazon were, were going on for quite some time. And yet there was no conversations going on with Joe and how that might impact him. Right. And so I think it was just a, a lack of communication uh, all the way across the board and, and probably still continues with a lot of people within the company and exactly what, exact, what, what exactly their next steps are. When you walked out of the NFC title game, which was the last game you and Joe called for Fox in January, if someone would have told you as you were walking out of that building that you would be calling Monday night football next year. What would you have said? Uh, well, I, I didn't envision that happening for sure. Uh, it looked like at that time that I was either going to be working exclusively with Fox or doing some kind of split schedule uh, with Fox and then the Thursday night package with Amazon is how it looked. And then is, but having done the Thursday night schedule for the last four years, it, it's a lot. I mean, there, it's, it's a lot on your plate. And I was kind of ready to get back to one game a week. So those conversations were taking place. And I think that was Joe's thinking was that worst case scenario, I just wouldn't be working with him on the early games. Right. Uh, and then, you know, ESPN got involved, uh, and the people at Amazon were fantastic. I mean, they were terrific. Uh, got nothing but really great things to say about them. They, they were really good to me and respectful. And um, I wish them all the best. But then when, when ESPN got involved, the, the thing that was compelling uh, for, for that package is that they still had playoff games. Uh, they still will have Super Bowls. They'll be in that rotation. And those are fun games. I mean, those are the most fun games. Uh, it was most exciting times of, of my career were doing the championship games and, and the Super Bowls. And so to have the opportunity to continue to do some playoff games and then 
you know, coming up in a few years, the Super Bowl, um, it was it was pretty compelling to go to ESPN. Like, if I had a, if I asked you, like one to a hundred, where were you on that scale of going to Amazon? Uh, well, pretty high. Yeah. I mean, pretty high. Yeah. Yeah. So and, when ESPN uh, came calling, what was your reaction? Were you were you surprised? Were you what was when you heard them come in to sort of swoop you away? Um, not so much surprised. I think, uh, you know, the fact that they kind of jumped in a little bit late, I say late, I mean, I don't know that it was necessarily late, but compared to the conversations that were taking place with Amazon, you know, those came a lot later. Uh, but yeah, I just felt that, that I, I do understand the importance of a team and the people you're working with and the, per- the people you're working for. And there's a, there's a lot to that. And, and like you said a moment ago, um, you know, I want to enjoy what I do. And the money doesn't bring that about. So it then comes down to the people. And, uh, and so after visiting with the folks at ESPN and then understanding kind of what uh, it might look like as far as who my partner was going to be, and I said, hey, this is, uh, this is kind of a no-brainer that, that it's a, a win-win across the board. So, so when ESPN brings you into the mix, does ESPN say to you, we'll, we'll try to get Joe for you? Or do you say to ESPN, please go get Joe for me? Well, I think that, you know, I was pretty open with, with everybody that I had conversations with. My, my preference uh, was to continue to work with Joe. I mean, that was my preference. And, and quite honestly, I mean, I thought uh, when I was asked, hey, what's best case scenario? I said, best case scenario is for me to remain at Fox and continue to work with Joe Buck and my crew. You know, that's, that would have been uh, because I've enjoyed my time with Fox. I mean, I've got a lot of lifelong friendships that have been established. I mean, they're as much a part of my family as, as my family. And, you know, Aaron Andrews talked about it and the time that we spend together. I mean, it's a lot of time during the football season. We spend a lot of holidays together. We talk to each other about our personal issues and things that we're working through. And, and so uh, that's, that's been great. I mean, really great. So um to be able to work with Joe, knowing that he had another year on his contract, but then, you know, there was, there was talks that, you know, Hey, maybe that it's not unprecedented that Fox had let someone out of their contract. They let John Madden, you know, go to Monday night football years ago. It's how Joe and I and Chris Collinsworth got moved up to the number one crew. And, uh, and I think Fox realized and I, and I applaud them for that. I mean, it was, I thought it was a generous move for someone who had given a lot, yeah. uh, to the network to allow him to, to depart a year early. I, I think it was a good move on Fox's part for Joe, but I also think it was a good move on Fox's part for Fox, right. you know, that they're able to kind of, as I said, not only hit the reset button as far as costs go, but then also uh, to just have a fresh start, much like they had 20 years ago with an entirely new crew. We, we learned today, we're taping this on Monday. We learned this morning from John O'Ran of sports business journal that, um, Fox let Joe out of his contract a year early in exchange for a Purdue Penn State opening week game that Fox will air in prime time. So um, that's good material for you to rib Joe with that he was traded for a Purdue Penn State game. <laughs> yeah, well, not a Disney yeah. character. Right, exactly. I'm like, Al. <laughs> um, did it? I'm curious because you you talk about and I, when I spoke to Joe last week, he talked about the comfort and it's he said at this point after all these years he wants the partner he's had, um, I, and obviously you feel the same. That, but if, if Joe couldn't have been there, would you think you would have made suggestions for a play by play person, or you would have left that up to ESPN? Because I think when they bring you into the fold, I mean, you have to have some say in that, no? Uh, yeah, yeah, I would yeah. think so. Um, yeah, yeah, you would think, which is which is which goes back to why it was kind of crazy that Joe wasn't communicated with mm-hmm. when there was a chance that I would be leaving uh, right. for any number of games. You know, I mean, I I don't know what to make of that. You yeah. know, it's one thing from my end; I don't know what to make of it on my end. But then for a guy that they valued in Joe to not have any communication with him to, to at least say, Hey, there's a chance that your, your partner of 20 years may not be working the early games. 
or may not be working for the network period, just so you know. Uh, I, I, I'm stunned to hear there was no communication. I will say the one thing I think maybe that kind of gave Fox a little bit of leeway in letting Joe go with you to ESPN a year early is Joe said, told me this last week, it's on SA.com, that he was going to give up baseball after this season. So I guess that makes the blow a little easier for Fox. But, it, you know, I don't know. I've, I just look at it. You know, I'm in this weird place because I look at it as a fan and as a media person. And to me, if you have the best crew and they've been there for 20 years, you do what you can to keep them. Obviously, Fox thought differently. And we know what the money has gotten like. So I guess it is a business at the end of the day. That's what it's about. Yeah. And I think, uh, uh, you know, Fox has some some really talented, young play by play guys. Yeah. Um, you know, so their 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 bench is good in in that sense. Um, yeah. So now, you know, I know this, uh, Jimmy. I I just I'm 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 really not looking in the rearview mirror. Um, right. That I'm I'm really looking forward to to Monday night. I just picked up a book, Monday Night Mayhem, that uh, I began reading. I'm I'm about eighty pages into it on the yep. history of Monday Night Football and how Rune Arledge put that group together and. Yep. Uh, and it's fascinating. And and I grew up watching Monday Night Football with with Don Meredith and Howard Cosell and Frank Gifford. And I'm fired up to be a part of the legacy of it. So a couple of questions on on, on ESPN and Monday Night. Um, you know, I, I asked Joe this. I'll ask you. Given the coverage that your your move has gotten, given now people know what the reported salaries are, given um, you know, you were at Fox so long now it's a new opportunity. Do you feel any extra pressure when this season starts? Uh, I don't know. I don't yet, but, right. uh, but I always feel, I, I always feel, a, I don't want to say pressure, but I always feel, um, that, you know, I want to do my best regardless of what it is, whether it's broadcasting, playing quarterback, selling beer, whatever it might be. I just want to be the best that I can possibly be. I hope to make ESPN proud. Um, they've put a lot of faith in, in me. They've put a lot of faith in Joe. Uh, and so with that, it's, it, it feels good um, to, to have an employer that I guess is, is um, that values you and, and trusts us the way that ESPN has shown. Um, so yeah, I would imagine week one, our first game, it's 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 going to be different. I mean, it will be different, even though with Joe coming along, that our booth is is the same. I mean, all of our support people will all be the same. And so yeah. for he and I, uh, outside of the producer and the director who are in the trucks, and of course the other people that are involved with ESPN on Monday Night Broadcast, for us in the broadcast booth, it, it it's going to be very familiar. But yet at the same time, it's we know that it's going to be really different. And yeah. and that, you know, I think after 20 years together and doing the number one game at Fox, I, I think that'll be good. I think it'll re-energize us in a way that that we maybe haven't experienced. I, I think the only thing that really is comparable to that is when uh, when we first got assigned Thursday night football four years ago, and to do a primetime game, the only game on. Uh, for Joe and I was was different and it felt really good and it's why we continued to do it um, so yeah I think that uh, you know we know we know what the expectations are for us and uh, and and we plan to deliver that I'm curious when you would watch you know these last 20 years you were at Fox when you would watch Monday Night Football did you notice differences big or small in production things Monday night football did differently that you like, didn't like and going into it. You see things you'd like to do maybe that Fox did, or, you know, you like something ESPN did. Are you looking at a game that way when you're watching it or are you just watching the game? Uh, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely pay attention to the broadcast, pay attention to what the announcers are saying, what the analysts are saying, uh, the shots, you know, what the producer's doing, uh, how they're setting the game up. Um, and so, as I said, Richie Zients has been my producer for 21 years. I, I, I've never, as crazy as that sounds, I started out with Daryl Johnston and Dick Stockton, and Richie Zients uh, was my producer. And then the next year, when Madden left for Monday Night Football, I then moved up to the number one booth, and Richie Zients did as well. So to, I've only had one producer. I only know one way of doing it. And it's been great. And, and Richie's one of the best in the business. And so for me to, to get the opportunity to work with Phil Dean 
and kind of see now how he does it. Uh, and I know he's a pro. He's great. And I'm excited about it. We've, we've talked. Uh, we're going to all get together and kind of work through some of those things. So to, to be, I, you know, I, I know how they've kind of done their game, um, which, is, which is probably a little different from the way we've done our game, which is great. And, and it, we'll, I'm just curious for the listener. Can you share what a difference is? Like, is it really something minute? Like, what would you say is a difference? Just as a viewer, I'd be curious. Like, uh, well, I think that as far as how you kind of lead into a game and you can tell, you know, how much, you know, where the producer kind of fits into that and, and, and their fingerprints uh, on the broadcast uh, as far as what direction the, the announcers are going. Um so, but with that said, there's a, there's a lot for us to, to discuss, to just see. It's one thing for me to observe something. It's another thing to then actually be in the room and, and understand, okay, well, how do, you, how do you begin a game? What's your philosophy on broadcasting a game? What do you think are the elements that make a good broadcast? Right. And then kind of taking it from there. I, I, even, I have my thoughts on that. Uh, Joe certainly has his thoughts on it. Uh, Joe has an amazing feel for a broadcast and kind of what a broadcast needs. He definitely has a feel. And I think all great play-by-play guys do. They have a feel for the moment. I mean, they just know when this is a, and it's one thing for a viewer, you'd say, yeah, well, we all know when it's, well, no, not really. You know, we all know those moments, but there's other times in a game where you just kind of realize, Hey, this is, this is kind of a significant time, or here's a good time to interject this. Um, so to get to work with a different producer, a different director, uh, and a new team, if you will, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how someone else does it and uh, looking forward to those talks. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic, every home run, every hit, every inning, every play, from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar, whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. So... With, with with all the coverage, all of the moves have gotten you and Joe and Al's leaving NBC, going to Amazon, Kirk Herbstreet, all these, these last few weeks. You know, a lot of fans like to have the line, you know, the announcer, you know, we're going to watch the game no matter who the announcers are. And, you know, the announcers don't deserve money because no one deserves money. And, you know, the, 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 the announcers don't influence a game. And my counter to that is, you know, obviously you're getting paid for more than just doing a game like you're it's part of the product. It's, it's what you the NFL wants top announcers and all that. But in terms of the announcing, I'm curious about something. Cause I've always, this is what I've always said. And I would, if, if I'm just speaking like a dumb fan, I want you to tell me I'm an idiot and I don't make sense, but All here's right. my thing with NFL announcers. This is my thing. Listen, everyone's subjective. You like guys, you don't like guys. Is that for me? And, and the number one rule for announcers is don't be annoying. I think that's what fans want, but here for me in the NFL, this is my thing. Late in the game, especially, you need an analyst to be on top of and not make mistakes with clock management, timeout strategies. You know, they should kneel here. They should, you know, kick a field goal here, run out of bounds. To me, that's the most important part of an analyst's job is that last in a close game, fourth quarter strategy, clock management, timeouts. Is that a ridiculous way for me to view announcers in the NFL? No, I don't. I don't think so. Um, no, I think that's what we get paid to do. Right. Uh, right. I mean, I, right. that's the mechanics of the job, first and foremost. Um, and I, I think that, yeah, I, I agree that, you know, our job is to bring something to the broadcast, to the game, add, add something that's relevant, add, add a layer that, that the game then benefits from, that a viewer at home, uh, it, I, you know, if you're watching a broadcast and you're, I agree with you, you don't want to be annoyed by the broadcast by the announcers. You don't want to feel like they're 
keeping you from enjoying a game. So that's all, that's all part of it as well. And I, and I think that, um, you know, this is a big business and there's, there's a lot on the line. You know, there's a reason why these networks pay billions of dollars for the rights to cover these games. And so the idea that, you know, you can just put anyone in the booth. Yeah, you can. And if it's a good game, people are going to watch, but it reflects on the network. And, and I think that there, that's the part that maybe gets lost a little bit, right. uh, you know, in that translation. I, I know Joe's going to be doing some other things for ESPN. I don't think it's all spelled out yet. Are you, you know, we're going to see you on first take debating Stephen A. Smith. What do we have in the works besides Monday Night Football? Um, I, I'm kind of in the same boat as Joe. Uh, you know, there's there's talk about some, uh, you know, on some production side. And uh, so we'll yeah. kind of uh, to be determined. Um, so we'll see. Now, obviously, you're a Hall of Fame NFL quarterback. You played for what is the most storied franchise in the NFL, the Dallas Cowboys. And as you mentioned earlier, you won three Super Bowls. Does it blow your mind? You're making more as an announcer than you did as the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys? Uh, yeah, well, that's not just this year. I mean, that didn't just right. happen, but, right. um, but I, but I will tell you that when I retired from football, uh, first of all, I, I really, when I retired from football, I had an idea I was going to go into broadcasting, but I had no idea 21 years later, I'd still be doing it. I just right. really thought I would do it for a few years and then figure out exactly what I wanted to do and, and then go and pursue that. Um, but I never imagined when I retired that I would have a job to where I, I made more money than I did when I played. Uh, right. And it's, it is interesting that, and it's because of the TV money, ironically enough, yeah. that you look at the salaries now. I, I mean, I was paid well when I played. Right. And, right. Uh, and it changed quickly. I mean, the salary structure increased exponentially after I retired. Um, yeah. I was amazed at how, how fast the salaries rose from when I retired, like within a few years, they were doubled uh, what I was making when I played. So there's a lot of, a lot of players obviously benefiting from uh, the influx of TV money for these rights. I would just imagine when you look at like your paycheck, you're like, now I'm getting this kind of money to banter with Joe Buck, and I got less getting assaulted by Reggie White on a on a, on a weekly basis. And Lawrence Taylor, I don't know if Lawrence he was still playing probably when you played, but oh yeah, um, yeah, Lawrence, yeah, Lawrence Taylor was still playing. I caught him towards let, the end of his career, thankfully. Let me take one break from the announcing stuff. I'm just since I who gave you the biggest, worst, most vicious hit of your career as a quarterback? Well, there was a linebacker from uh, the Cardinals. It was my rookie year. Uh, Last name was Bell, and he hit me. I never saw it coming. He hit me, knocked me out. I was out cold for five minutes or so. It, it's, uh, you know, one of the worst concussions that I had. Um, wow. So he hit me the hardest. The guy who always wreaked havoc, though, Jimmy, for the New York fans there. Uh, yeah, I played against Reggie, of course, twice a year. Played against Lawrence Taylor twice a year. Some really great players, you know, in the NFC East, defensive mm. players during that time. But the guy, and I tell him this all the time, Carl Banks had mm. some monster games against us. And yeah. he, he had opportunities. He didn't shy away from putting me on the ground, but he had opportunities to just kind of end my career. Yeah. And he never did. And I remember my rookie year, they beat us terribly. I mean, they, they were a really good team. Bill Parcells was the head coach. And and at the end of the game, I was beaten about as bad as you could be beaten and walking off totally dejected. And I'll never forget it. He came up, put his arm around me and said, hey, kid, he says, you're going to be a hell of a player in this league. And uh, it meant a lot. It meant a lot yeah. to me. It really, you know, it helped out a young quarterback have a little confidence in himself, you know. And I see Carl from time to time. We don't do many Giants games here lately. Hopefully that changes. <laughs> but when we do, I get a chance to see him. And uh, he's one of my favorite people. And now you get paid more just to say, you know, I think they you should keep going you. back to the salary. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> well, I, you know, I, I don't listen. I don't to me. It is what it is. I just it is amazing that a pro football player who takes that physical beating would get less than an announcer. And I'll just this is the last thing I would say about the money. And then we don't have to talk about it anymore. Did you send a bottle of champagne to Tony after you signed your ESPN contract? Because uh, Tony got this all started by 
you know, gouging CBS basically. Yeah. He kind of got the ball <laughs> rolling. Um, and I think there were a lot of people wondering exactly where the market was, um, you know, off of that. And so to answer your question, no, I didn't, I did not send him some champagne, but only because I, I never thought of it, but you might be right. Or a, a case, a case of eight beer. Case eight beer. Now you're talking. There you go. There you go. I, mean, I actually, that. I lied. This is the last thing I'll say about the money. Cause it's important. David Hill, former president of Fox told John Oren and Andrew Marshan on their podcast, I believe, you know, people are going crazy about the salaries for Fox or or NBC. It's basically the you know what they make from two Super Bowl commercials. It's really when you when you put it in that perspective, it's not as crazy as you know. Fans don't understand the business of it, but in terms of the business, it's really not as severe as people think when you look at it that way. Well, and I think that I think if you put it in the the if you just if you put it in the totality of the cost of covering the NFL. In what you're right. already paying right. Right. the NFL for those rights, um, is and it's even less. Is there? I don't know if you've talked to Joe about it or if you have your own thoughts. Anything you guys would look to do differently at ESPN? Is there anything? I you know maybe I feel like it's a little bit of a. Um, I mean, it's a standalone game, but I feel like it's a little bit of a looser atmosphere than yeah. Sunday at four twenty-five. Like, yeah. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I agree with that. I think uh, I, I definitely felt that way during uh, doing Thursday night compared to Sunday afternoon. Right. Thursday just felt it. It felt lighter. It felt like it was a different broadcast. It, you know, um, than than when we did do a Sunday afternoon game. So I, yeah. I think you're right. I mean, we're it, it is a standalone game. It's on Monday night, uh, and there are other people watching besides just your hardcore football fans, right, you know? Right. And I think that that then should be reflected in the broadcast. And I believe that it will. Before I let I mean, we covered all the announcements stuff. I appreciate it. I'm going to ask you if I can, just two quick football questions since I got right. you. Brady coming back. Were you surprised? Uh, no, no. I was surprised when he announced his retirement. And the reason I say that is for two reasons. One is he played great. Uh, I would have voted for him for league MVP. And so to leave when you're playing that well, but the biggest part of that, Jimmy, is that Tom had always said that he wanted to play until he was 45. And so that would have been like the first time that he didn't do something that he really set his mind to do and that he had publicly said, said that he wanted to do. Right. And right. I thought it was even – and so I thought it was strange that, okay, the guy played amazing at 44. He's always said he wanted to play until he's 45. I'm not sure exactly why he's stepping away. And then there was talk that, well, you know, maybe, maybe there were some rumblings going on in Tampa behind the scenes. I don't know about any of, any of that stuff. But yeah. uh, so, what, so, no, I, I was not surprised that he came back. Uh, I was more surprised that he retired to begin with. Now you, you, you're a Hall of Fame NFL quarterback, so I'm going to ask you to go into his head a little bit, even though his head's a little maybe a bit off. If you're Aaron Rodgers, what are you thinking right now that Devontae Adams would leave you? It's a good question. I know that uh, I, I remember years ago when Devontae Adams was a young receiver playing on his first contract and hadn't yet really jumped out on the national scene as a receiver and Aaron Rodgers said they better lock this guy up now. Cause he's going to get paid a fortune if they don't. I mean, he called it. He said, this guy's yeah. incredible. Yeah. And he's been, I mean, they're really close. Aaron loves this guy. Uh, I know Devonte Adams loves Aaron. So to have that kind of relationship and mutual respect, uh, I'm sure it's been really hard on Aaron. How do you replace a Devonte Adams? I mean, you don't. So, right. You know, here you come back, and now your go-to wide receiver isn't staying. Uh, I'm sure Aaron understands it. I mean, whatever right. whatever Devontae's reasons are, I'm sure Rogers had conversations with him, and he understands it. But that doesn't make it that doesn't make it any easier. So I'd love to tough. know if if Rogers knew Adams wanted to go to the Raiders when he re-signed with the Packers. I think I'd love to know that piece of it. Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and would it would it have impacted what Rogers ultimately right. did? You know, I, I who knows? Yeah. 
I always thought I always thought that Green Bay was the best place for for Aaron. Yeah. I know that he he has a great relationship with Matt Lafleur. Uh, he loves playing for the organization. He loves playing for the Packers. He loves the fan base. You know, and you say, okay, well, where can he go that's going to give him a better opportunity for more success? Now, this is before Devontae Adams decided to leave. Right, you know, right, but, right, right. But I always thought that probably staying in Green Bay is the best place for him to continue to have, you know, uh, MVP type season. Yeah, I never got the whole Denver thing. I always thought Green Bay was a better fit for him than Denver when there were all those rumors that he'd end up there. So yeah. uh, I'm with you on that. Leslie, I don't know if you saw this because it happened just before we started. So you might not have seen it, but have you seen this story that it broke on Monday about Urban Meyer? Uh, the Athletic did sort of a deep dive into his disastrous tenure with the Jaguars, and he didn't he didn't know a po- he didn't know who uh, Debo Debo Sweeney was, uh, Debo, Debo Samuel, Samuel was. He didn't know who Aaron Donald was. I mean, could this possibly even be possible? I, I can't imagine. Yeah. I can't imagine that being accurate. Um, yeah. He I mean, also, I mean, there's a lot in there about toxic work environment of him, you know, threatening to cut players every day and saying that if he cuts them, they're just going to get a $15 an hour job. Like that's just not flying in the NFL, that, that motivational approach, right? Yeah. Well, it didn't there. <laughs> you know, it, it might in New England, you know, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know. You know, nobody gets to kind of peek behind the curtain. I, I do know this, Jimmy, yeah. when, when Jimmy Johnson came to Dallas, right. Hey, he did not treat people with kid gloves. I mean, it was tough, really yeah. tough. Yeah. And you know, it's hard. It's hard. It's hard turning around uh, an organization and the culture uh, when when an organization has lost the way that Jacksonville has, and so I'm not I'm not excusing anything. I just know that when a coach comes in, it's 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 not easy to do, and you you can't just continue to do it the way it's been being done. Then you get the same results. So uh, I always I've always uh, I like a coach that's tough. I like a coach that holds people accountable. Uh, uh, now, does that mean I like Urban Meyer and his time at Jacksonville? I have no clue. I mean, I, I just know what I've what yeah. I've heard. Well, but to me, like you, you know, when you lose, nobody likes what you're doing. Right. But to me, he lost credibility right from the get go when he brought in Tim Tebow to be a tight end. Like that's real, really. That's what you, like the guy was a quarterback, so you're going to try to change his position. He couldn't work as a fullback. He's been playing baseball, and now like. Your big, th- I know, and I guess you know they have the Florida connection, and he did it for locker room, et cetera, et cetera. But that's you know that that's bush league stuff right there. I think. Well, I, you know, again, I haven't talked to Urban about any of it. I, yeah. He obviously has great respect for Tim and what he did for him at the University of Florida, and uh, I always thought when Tim was coming out. If he had been willing to play a different position other than quarterback, uh, you can't tell me that there's not a spot on a roster, virtually every roster, uh, for what that guy could do and and the type of leader that he is. And uh, I would think that there would be a spot for a guy like Tim Tebow on every NFL roster in the league. But he was determined to be a quarterback. And I don't know if he looks back and, and regrets that or not, but whatever the reasons were for Urban to bring him in, uh, they realized it wasn't going to work, and and then they released him. So – I think that going back to my time with Jimmy with Dallas, he brought in a lot of guys, a lot of guys from the University of Miami that he had connections with that some people thought, wow, they were kind of maybe scratching their heads a little bit. And then the greatness of Jimmy was that he he released when he realized a guy wasn't going to fit, he he let him go. Mm-hmm. And and ultimately that's what Urban did too. Yeah. All right, Troy, I appreciate it. And uh best of I said I said to Joe, you know. A, a lot of the coverage around you guys going to Monday Night Football is, you know, bringing back prestige and making Monday Night Football a big deal. I said, you got to have the yellow blazers if you guys want to do yeah. that. So, yeah. Yeah. I'd be all for it. Uh, yeah. I don't know if it'd be a regular <laughs> thing. You know, maybe right. it's for certain games. But I, I, I will say that when I tuned into Monday Night Football, the gold jackets were a big part of that. Uh, I'd certainly oh, yeah. want to be respectful of, of the history of the gold jacket. But right. uh, I would not be opposed to. I would not be opposed to it at all. When and, you were and, a player, was playing on Monday night a big deal? 
Yeah, it was it was a tough it was a tough game uh, because of the quick turnaround following Monday night, you know, and then Monday leading up to the game was hard because there was just nothing to really watch and do with your time, you know. So that was that was challenging, but the actual game itself, yeah, it was a, it was a huge deal because yeah. you were totally aware that it was the only game on in town. Your peers were all watching the game. And you wanted to go out there and, and and play your best football. So, yeah, it was absolutely a big deal. All right. Well, good luck. And uh, we will be watching. I appreciate you coming on and uh, giving me some time. You got it. Thanks, Jimmy. All right. Thanks, Troy. Take care. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. <laughs> All right, joining me now, back after a week off for our weekly Train of Thoughts segment from WFAN Radio and SNY TV in New York, Sal Kata. Sal, how's it going? Good. Good to be back with you after a week. How's everything going? Everything good? Yeah, not bad. Not bad. All right. Uh, Have you been into the tournament? Let's start it there. Honestly, I have not. I mean, I've had it on and I've checked it out occasionally, but I'm not. Now, I didn't fill out a bracket, and I think that's just because maybe I woke up late that Thursday. Clearly, I didn't prioritize it enough, but right. I, I, you know, I, I'm in a box pool, so that maybe keeps some intrigue. But even with that, you know, these games, I check yeah. the scores and see. But I'm not, I'm not as into it as I thought that maybe I would be this year, and I don't know why that is. You got a lot going on. Yeah, I guess. I mean, are you into it? I know we've talked about this over the years where you said you don't fill out a bracket I'm, anymore. And I'm into it for two reasons and two reasons only. FanDuel and DraftKings. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm being dead serious. So, yeah, I don't, I don't even think the last two years I've watched the tournament because of COVID and couldn't, you know, like my whole thing with the tournament. I mean, listen, years ago, me and my friends, we went to Vegas like four, five, six years in a row for the tournament. Then when that stopped, because we got old, you know, we would go always go to a sports bar the first Thursday, get together. You know, that's what got me into it. So the last two years with COVID and not being able to do anything, I wasn't as into it this year. You know, my buddy Diesel came over all day Friday, all day, all day Thursday, all day Friday. We went out Friday night and being able to bet those games. um, Right. is what kept me into it. And, you know, I, I didn't watch college basketball all season, but I would, you know, go on there and make wagers. And I would, and, I did way better than if I watched it all season. And you like it better than a bracket and all that stuff. Yeah. The, I, well, yeah. The bracket for me that, I mean, that doesn't do much for me. I won it one year in the SI pool, which was like significant, like, you know, a right. couple of thousand. I mean, many years. It was the year when Syracuse won it all with Carmelo Anthony. I mean, that's wow, how long okay. we were talking. But I haven't filled out a bracket in like four or five years. Yeah, I used um, to like it, but then I always get out early on. And I, I don't know. I just, you're right. Maybe it wasn't enough juice for me. Look, yep. I'll be honest with you. You texting me saying, hey, come meet up. And, you know, Diesel's coming over. We're going to hang out. There's a, a part of that is very appealing to me and going to hang out and watching games from wall to wall all day. I do think, and I hate to sound like an old man here, but I do think, you know, on a Saturday when I'm working all week, the last thing I'm going to do, you know, my, I got that's a wife and, and baby day. So I, like I said, I have the games on or I keep, you know, I just pay attention to what's going on. But Friday night, you know, Thursday I'm working. So it's not the same as if I were single and be able to take off these days. I think that's the way to do it. If you're going to do it, you make it, okay, look, that's I'm what- taking off Thursday, Friday. I'm hanging out with my buddies. I'm going to AC or I'm doing this or I'm doing that. And then you go bet all the games and watch all the games. That's the way to do it. But if well, you're that, home, it makes it a little right. more difficult. And that's what that's what my buddy Diesel did. He took off 
you know, I have the benefit of working from home, so he can come right. here. And, you know, it was funny in the middle of it um, on Friday, you know, we're watching the tournament late in the day and I get a text from Joe Buck that he's ready to talk on the record about everything. So in the middle of the tournament, he's here watching the games and I'm interviewing Joe Buck on the phone. So you got to you have to work, you know, it's, it's an all day thing. So you got to work around it and do what you can. Um, but I, the reason I asked, too, is. If you haven't watched the tournament, then you you don't have an opinion on this. But I'll just say this because this was a big theme of mine. Watch, I mean, college basketball is an embarrassment. It the quality of play is so bad, it's it's really pathetic. Every game is fifty missed layups and fifty missed free throws. Now, my buddy Diesel is a big college basketball fan, and he summed it up way better than I did, and he summed it up perfectly. The quality of play is atrocious, the sport of the, the, but the sport is fun. It's fun. The right. kids, the comebacks, the excitement of all that, the pomp and circumstance, all that is good. But if you like when I see people try to compare college to the NBA, those people should be in an institution. I mean, if you watch one game and you see the amount of missed layups in a college basketball game, you'll want to vomit. It is the gameplay, though, that I like better. The half court, the each possession is valued. That's what I personally like better about the college game. But I don't yeah, know how I you mean, can I'm- say that. The guy stands at the top, dribbles for 20 seconds, tries to make a move, gets a layup, misses a layup, or gets a block. The other team runs back. They heave yeah. up a three. I well, mean, I'd rather the- that. I'd rather that than the run up down the floor chucking threes back and forth. So I'm not questioning the talent. Well, there's level. a lot of that, too. Yeah, well, I mean, that is true. So I just, I, I feel like, especially in a tight game, I like the half-court game better. I always have. I mean, look, we grew up 90s Knicks fans. So for me, yeah. that's my style of basketball. Get it down low to the big man. I, the, the pureness of college basketball with these, with the, you know, student-athletes and all that, that's what's appealing to me. But, I mean, yeah, as far as the talent level goes, no, I don't even think it's close. Or, you know, the, the up-and-down, fast-paced action, if that's your thing, than the NBA. For me... I'm not watching enough college basketball to where it impacts me, but I do like that style of half-court play. And I'll tell you this, the one thing I want, I want Coach K to lose in the worst way possible. I hate Duke. I hate Coach K. Get him out of the tournament. That's the number one thing I care about. Because Why? Because they're so good? They're no. Like the Yankees and Cowboys? Or is No, specific- because of what he did to Tommy Amaker. I hate that, that he oh, was supposed okay. Are you familiar with that story at all? That yeah, he, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. He basically yeah. Cho- chose his replacement and screwed right. Amaker over, a guy who's worked hard and did well uh, building up Harvard into a legitimate program. So I, I have a, a big problem with that. But yeah. outside of that, yeah. Yeah. I, again, if you sat there and watched, I would love it if you watch an entire game because I, I think you would you would get so angry knowing I how watched, you are. I watched the end. Uh, now, I've watched like halves of these games. Not the whole thing. I watched the end of Iowa State, Wisconsin. Iowa State couldn't make a bucket. They couldn't make a bucket. Right. I mean, the last five minutes ago, they can't make a, not a free throw, not a layup, not nothing. But Embarrassing. You have to understand. Right, they the won point, the game. And if you sit there and you watch all the games, every game on, that, on those first two days from noon to midnight, outside of like Arizona and Duke, that's how every team in every game is. Nobody can yeah. score. And the, the quality of play is so atrocious. It's frightening. But again, the benefit of being able to stay focused on a game with atrocious quality of play, <laughs> FanDuel and DraftKings. <laughs> they keep you in it. Maybe this weekend. Oh, no, I don't know what I'm doing this weekend, but maybe well, maybe one of these weekends I got to do something. You're clean, right? You won't dabble in baseball, right? With the wagers? You'll stay I clean? Might, I might do futures there. I'm a sucker for the futures with baseball because that's such a long haul. Football doesn't play to me well anymore. I used to like the over-unders with football. I'd rather just bet week to week with that. With baseball, you cannot bet day to day. So maybe I'll look at the futures. With well, that. I'll say this, and I'm not trying to be funny. Now, this happened before the Mets signed the A's pitcher, Bassett. Is that his last name? Bassett. Okay, when they traded for him, yeah, for Oakland. Yeah, yeah. Chris Bassett. Their total was 89 and a half. It's I love that over. Oh, not- yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. I love their off. over just because of with DeGrom and Scherzer, they're not going to have long losing streaks. The, the one thing is, though, you look at there, and I've been thinking a lot about this, because initially I was like, wow, the Mets are going to go over that number. And then I saw the number, I'm like, wow, that's high. They're thin with their lineup. They don't have a good bullpen right now. I mean, look, I'm hoping both the Mets and Yanks go over 90. I don't know if that's going to happen, though. I would. I need to Bassett, see it before you. Bassett is the third starter, or is he yeah. the fourth? Okay, third. so you have Scherzer, DeGrom, and Bassett. I mean, 
there should not be any, you know, five, six, seven, eight game losing streaks with that going on. Right. But they don't. And, a, don't and a good manager and a, and a good manager. Correct. I, I look, I love Buck. I love the addition of Scherzer. They have the best pitching staff in baseball. I mean, it's, I don't know how you could compete with DeGrom, Scherzer, Bassett. And then the depth that they have behind that. I love Buck. But the lineup, look at their, before you place that wager, right. look at their right. lineup. And Because yeah, same thing. I was like, oh, the Mets are going to be good. They're legitimate this year. And then I look at the lineup again. Robbie Cano, Lindor, who was awful last year. Marte's already yeah. hurt. Nimmo. Lindor. McCann, I mean, it just McNeil. Ugh. Well, I'll just say this. I love over 89 and a half from a wager standpoint. You're telling me it's 90 and a half now. I'll probably bet that too. If they don't get to 89, 90 wins, there's going to be, they're going to revolt in New York. Right. It, it would be so, <laughs> the yeah, yeah, for sure. I got to look at the other totals, but yeah. So you'll, you'll do some futures play for MLB. Probably. Yes. Will you bet NBA playoffs? Yes. I like betting series prices. So I I don't want to do, again, I'm trying to avoid getting into each game. And that's where I get myself in trouble. Sometimes I'll do the series and then either double down or go the opposite during the game. So I got to be careful with that. Right now, I don't really have an urgency to, to, I don't don't have a need or feel to to dive into anything. But I, I do think series prices might be fun just to keep, you know, like you said, it adds interest. Do I really give a crap about the Suns and Mavericks in a series? No, but you throw something on it. As Francesca used to say, it's a tool for what we do. <laughs> uh, what, what a line that is. <laughs> what a line. Yeah, I know. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. I ranted and raved about this last week, and I would imagine you're actually probably way more pissed off about it than me. But are you because I don't know how closely you pay. Are you do do you get the full gist of these deals MLB made with Apple TV and Peacock? No, I don't. I have no idea other than it's going to cause me major inconvenience. Oh, let me explain it to you. So you get pissed off live on the air. Okay, they made a deal with Apple TV. For exclusive games on Friday nights, double headers. So if your Mets are playing on an Apple TV, on Apple mm-hmm. TV on a Friday night, no SNY, no Channel 11, none of that. Apple okay. TV only. Do you right. subscribe to Apple TV? I do, and I like okay. the service, but I hate that idea that, that that's the case. Now, so they'll have the two other- games on at Friday, one in the afternoon, yeah. one at night? No, no, I think night double headers, probably like 7 and 10, I would assume. Oh, okay, okay. So you better have Apple TV. Okay. And then, he, and then this but is how the many that, do we know with each team? Because it is going to, I mean, it's not going to be I'd, a ton. I'd imagine you get maybe two or three Met games on there. Okay. It's still the enough to season. be annoyed with. And then here's the, here's the, this is the one I don't understand on any level. Exclusive deal with Peacock. Sunday morning, 11 a.m. Exclusive. So every or, Sunday? Every Sunday, Peacock's going to have a game at 11 or 11.30 a.m. And you well, can now, how are they going to start? Let's just say in New York, a Yankees going to start a ball game at 11.30? Yes. yes, on a Sunday, if they're on Peacock, if it's a Peacock game. If it's on I the mean, cock. that's brutal. How are you starting a game at Sunday morning, 11 o'clock in the morning? Do you subscribe to Peacock? I don't. And Now you, you got to go I, get the cock. I, 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 <laughs> $4.99. Well, now you can get WWE Network again if you do that. Yeah, I know, which I've been. And there's something else on there, too. I wanted to watch. Somebody recommended the Joe Montana. I just I want to I wish I could be at your house the first Sunday when it's 1130 in the morning and the Mets are playing Peacock exclusive. No S and wine. And you realize that you're going to flip. No, your it's shit. annoying. It's annoying. Not to, Will I'm, you subscribe I'm, to Peacock now. 
I I will have to. If the Mets and Yankees are playing, see, there there are certain things that are non, they're not up for debate, and that might be the NFL Sunday ticket, which I don't care. You know, I shouldn't say this, but if they charge a thousand bucks, I'm paying it. I mean, that's I just I can't live without it. And if you're telling me that I have to get, you know, it's one thing if I miss a Knicks or a Rangers game, which has happened because of the you know the Rangers streaming service. I forget even where they do it or Hulu, ESPN Plus. Yeah, Yeah, whatever. Right, I don't have ESPN Plus. I'm going to try to hold out getting that. But but for Mets and Yankees, even if it's one regular season game, I cannot miss that. So it's worth it to get the Peacock just for that. Love it. Um, yeah, last thing, the inconvenience last, last thing. This is for for the New Yorkers listening. If you're not from New York, I don't know if you can appreciate this, but hopefully. But um, Sal and I, one of our most bonded over friendship moments over the years is we took a, you know, for you, you know, listen, every single one of you listening to this can relate. Everyone looks up and tries to go to the best pizza in your state, your city, best pizza. And if you ever check online, best pizza in New York, this place, Tafara's is always at the top of the list. Tafara's in Brooklyn, best pizza in New York, blah, blah, blah. So one day we we took a trip because we're out on Long Island. We took a trip to Brooklyn. We went to Tafara's. The place lived up to the hype. It was tremendous. I'll get into why, but I'm mentioning it because the guy who owned the place passed away this week. Sal and I were both devastated. This guy was like, you know, in his 70s, hunched over, couldn't stand up straight, made every single pizza himself individually. Had like a little tin can that looked like a thing that you water flowers with, with the olive oil, pulling the pizza out of the oven with his bare fingers, chopping the, the, the basil with the scissors. It was such an experience and the pizza lived up to the hype. It was a great day. And in New York, this guy's passing. I, I should get his name. This is the script, but the um, it was a big, big deal in New York. You you were the one who recommended the place. And I forget if you met me in the city, but I remember taking the subway yeah. to the place. It was a whole experience, like leaving the city, taking the subway, going to Brooklyn and going to this little you know pizza spot there on your recommendation there was a line the place was busy it's expensive it was worth every penny and every second and more about just the experience in the pizza although i will say it was the best pizza i've ever had in my life and i say it to this day you know you go out to eat and oh this is a great steak or that's a great burger and sometimes i forget oh where was the best burger that i had or where was the best steak i have not forgotten that that was the best pizza I've ever had in my life. And any time it comes up, I always say without question to Farah. And you're right, watching that guy do what he did for so long, coming over from Italy and, you know, building the business and making the pizza handmade and authentic. Oh, my God. It was just, it, it was an incredible experience. And, you know, I, I want to go back. I know he's not there anymore, but right. it was it was the best pizza I've ever had in my life by far. Dom DeMarco was his name. Dom Dom DeMarco. He passed away at 85. So he was in his late 70s when we went and he was there working, making every every single person who came in and ordered a pizza. He made it from scratch. From I remember being blown away. It was, you know, when you go to a regular pizza place to get those. They have the wood sticks mm. that they take the pizza pizza. He was bare hands. Boom. Right. Right. In the hot <laughs> oven. Guy probably had no feeling in his fingers for about 40 years. I believe we actually ordered a second pie after we had the first. We just were sitting there. It was so good. Yeah, because I think we had one meatball or maybe one plain. I forget. And I was like, dude, I need to have another. This was so good. But I remember it also taking a while. Like you said, it's not like, oh, yeah, take 10 minutes to throw you out another one. No, each one was like a half hour, 40 minutes to make. I think the pizza was like 30 bucks, too. Yeah, per pie. It was so good, though. You could order, by the way, on Potbelly now if you want. That's not the same. That's I do struggle. I struggle with when it comes to best pizza. I do love Joe's in in um down by Carmine and, and Bleaker over there. But um if if that's one DeFars is two or DeFars, I mean it was really good. I gotta check out this Joe's. You always say there's so many Joe's that I get confused which one I've no, been to no. and which one I haven't. We'll go there soon. Okay. Weather's nice now and COVID's over, hopefully. Yeah. All right, Sal, good chatting with you. Have a good week and um, good luck. Good, good job not dipping into the wagering for the tournament. I'm impressed. Yeah, so far I've been okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm just, you know what? Have an 11 month old and then see how much you wager. Yeah. You see, yeah. see how that works. Probably doing more. What else are you going to do when you're home all day? <laughs> I guess there are two ways you could go. That's a good point. Yeah. All right, Sal, be well. Talk to you later. Take care. All right, my thanks to Troy Aikman. 
and Sal Lakata for coming on and handling this week's episode. Good stuff from Troy. Hope you guys enjoyed it. If you are not a subscriber to the SI Media Podcast, please, please, please subscribe. And if you can take a minute and uh, review the pod on Apple, that helps tremendously. And uh, I will be forever grateful. All right, that wraps it up. We'll see you next week right here on the SI Media Podcast. Stay safe and take care. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota.